Hello, podcast fans, wherever you may be. Todd Colby with the Guardian Group with another one of our podcasts in our series. Joining me today, as usual, is Mr. Rick Marat. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing wonderful, Todd. Thank you for having me again. It's always enjoyable. All right. Uh, glad to have you aboard. Today, we're going to talk about processes, building a better process, and what that means to us for building a new process little overview, what is that? Well, a process could be a step of tasks that are involved in doing a great many things. It could be building a treehouse at home. In us, you know, we do testing of printed circuits and so forth. So it could be designing a way to test the printed circuit. For a manufacturer, it might be a certain process, plating, solder mask, nomenclature, inner layer, uh, print etch, those type of things. But when we look at that, we design a way to do it so, one, we could be repeatable and we can gauge positive results so that we don't have scrap or latent returns and things like that. Uh, so what we really do in building a better process, we do a big overview of the thing. So it's not just writing down what we do. That's That can be rather easy. But the things we want to do, we want to look at if we're going to have an area of our house or manufacturing floor where we're going to put this process or task into place. We want to look and think about our overall goals, what kind of space we have, you know, what kind of people are going to be involved in it. We want to make sure that we test the process to make sure it works. We want to get some extra feedback. And then obviously once we get all that done, we want to go and uh, write down what we call either the instructions, work instructions, sometimes called training documents, things like that. So, Rick, you know, from the high high altitude kind of standpoint, why don't you kind of walk us through what a site survey type thing is when you're going to design a process or bring in new equipment where you have to calculate a bunch of different things. Well, Todd, you started it right earlier when you said building a birdhouse. Just, it's a good example. You know, first of all, it's design. What, what do you want? It has to look good, right? It doesn't matter if you're building a birdhouse or you're bir building a process. It has to be suitable for the area where the process is. So if you have very tight constraints in the area where the process is, you have to have tight process controls so there's not much movement of people or space or machinery. Similar to a birdhouse. When you're building a birdhouse, you, it has to be well thought out. Now, when you're thinking it out, it's also you have to have buy-in from your people and you also have to, to have a location that works and the proper connection to whatever may be there. You may need uh, additional KPIs to measure it for for a birdhouse. Maybe you want a bird feeder close by. So you gotta ha you got to think about all these things as a team or as in a group, uh, not a single individual, because you're going to get a more robust process if you think it on uh, a bigger picture and, and have more thinking heads in one room or in one session, uh, thinking about what overall goals you need to achieve. In the beginning, you need to set goals. What do we want? What are our constraints? How much space we have? Todd, I think that that uh, is the big point overview of what we need for a process. 
I, I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, once we've decided on that, um, we want to actually get into the nuts and bolts of it. So we've just, Rick has figured out that we have space available. Um, and so now we get down into more specifics of what's going to happen. So if there's tools required, can they all fit in there? Uh, when you have operators going to do a repetitive type task, if it, it fits something like that, if they're part of uh, an assembly type uh, group or part of the task, you know, we want to move, we want to optimize that they don't have to move as much to make it optimize. Um, in the area, do we have any hazards? One of those uh, would be trip hazards. Do you have cables that are going to be on the floor? Um, if we're using a type of uh, equipment like a press or a, a shear or something like this, is there a crush hazard? Uh, also, also with uh, other types of things, if you're using some automation, is there pinch hazards? And obviously, if you're working with uh, types of equipment like, um, well, let's say it's a process where you're doing some kind of test on a circuit or something like that where you have voltage, where you have a shock hazard, you need to look at that and make sure that uh, appropriate safeguards are in place. Another thing, like I said, movements were ergonomics. Do, if it's a long repetitive process, is there you know, a chair there? Um, if they have to move from one cart to another, I mean, is there a lot of repetitive twisting things to the back to prevent back injuries? Do they have to lift um, and all those type of things? So that's what you do next to make sure everything's going to work. And then once that, you have your physical space review, I think, Rick, at that point is when you start going through the motions of the task, and uh, we want to get, you know, like you mentioned, more heads are better than one, because, you know, sometimes processes, you know, the requirements might be dumb, you know, especially if they're written by a smart person, sometimes these developmental engineers and stuff, we might make these requirements, and they could be dumb when you try to practically uh, attempt to use them so you know like we're all wrong sometimes so you know how would you go about using you know a team type of thing to develop the instructions or develop the process well you know me todd very well and you know my biggest phrase is uh, our biggest asset is always always our our team members um we want to make them feel as much as a community as possible like a home place where they work uh, that being said, you get better productivity out of them. So any team you put together, you give them a task. And yeah, there's going to be some differences between person A and person B. But usually the, the differences achieve a stronger outcome compared with a, a single person or a smaller team of people. Buy-in is always a major point of improving a process or building a process from scratch. And you want to make sure that you have everything organized well. I always bring in five S's, you know, Todd, as well. Right. You want to put everything set in stone. And if you have tools, make sure they're, they're set in a place. Don't make them too far away. Make sure you even go as far as drawing lines or putting a template down and making sure that that tool is put back in the same spot every single time. It makes it easier for the overall task. Now, these these simple, they may sound simple, but for the process to work, depending on what kind of process you're building, you need to make sure that the 
the education level of the people running the process, yeah, there's some automated process, but you always have some human intervention in any process. Uh, you want to make sure that that process is well thought out by as many people and as different sides as you can get. That way you end up, you achieve a process that is almost perfect from the word go. I, I totally agree. And, you know, like, uh, I think it was years ago, the CEO of Chrysler, Lee Iacocca, I believe, he said that they had designed their process with a team-oriented view in mind so that, you know, he came out to say that anybody on the assembly line can pull the chain to stop the production if they saw something that was wrong. And, you know, in a big multifaceted production line, you know, stopping a production line can cost many dollars per minute on downtime. But if you're all buying into quality at the end of the line, it's a small price to pay to stop the line to fix something that is definitely going to cause problems at the end. Thanks, Rick, for that. And, you know, once we uh, go through all that that Rick mentioned, and we're all, all done with it, and we think we have a robust process like men uh, Rick mentioned, we want to make sure we review our tools to make sure they're in the right place. We want to test the process out at this point. We want to take the operators and say, all right, we've all developed this. Let's try it and see how it happens. And in the last uh, comments that we're making, we want to make sure that, you know, if there's a shortcut there that we missed that may be more advantageous than what we have thought we designed, we want to review that because operators that do a task over and over, they're going to find ways to cut corners. Let's face it. They're going to do it. I've seen it a million times. And we don't just want to just jump on them and say, no, you're not following process. We want to see what they're doing because maybe they did find something that optimizes the process and still gives us the intended result at the end. So we need to look at optimizing. And once we've gotten through that, the best thing, I'll let Rick talk about it, is get an idea or feedback from somebody that's totally not involved. Well, you know my line to that, Todd is I always use the phrase, I want to bring somebody off the street <clears throat> to test this process. I want to give them a video and educate them. You have to tell them. You have to educate them somehow, whether it's reading material, uh, video. I, I prefer videos of the process. It, it makes it simpler and easier. Um, so you bring them in off the street. You can use any candidate. Just for example, you grab someone on the side of the street, you come in and you explain what you do, and then you go through the process now of course you can't do this all the time and there's not people around the street who are willing to to get a few dollars for coming in and looking at your process so you use some lower level employee in your company who doesn't know anything about that step that they're doing you bring them in you give them some education uh, and of course you're going to highlight the the goals of the process what you want to achieve and then let them go to it let them run you know, in some cases, it runs smoothly. And in some cases, we have big flaws. But overall, it builds a stronger, more robust process in the end. Now, Todd, you and I both have a lot of experience in that. And I know there's scenarios where it's went both ways, as I mentioned. But overall, bringing someone in, a lower employee that doesn't know anything about the process, can really test your team's work.
and really finds the areas that need to be improved before you push the process out to the floor. I totally agree. I, I was involved years ago on a, uh, Hewlett Packard used to do this a lot. They would just solicit industry members or people that are uh, available to come in and review some of their, when they were developing the inkjet printers or the photo quality printers back in the 90s, they, I got to go do a blind, uh, basically a survey of reviewing the paper that was being used to print photo quality from these printers. And it was a blind thing, you know, I knew nothing about it. And I go in there and, and share feedback. And it's the same kind of thing. You find somebody that, you know, doesn't know what it is and you give them some education. And I, I you touched on something that was really, really good, Rick, because we, when we talked about learning, a lot of people learn in different ways. Some people are visual learners where they practical have to be there and see it happen. And that kind of goes with Rick's video. Some people are reading learners. They want to see documentation. They read and comprehend and retain from reading. And some people are a combination of both. So that, that was a really good point there. So once we have this uh, taken care of and we've got a third party and they figured out how to do it, we liked it and we've reviewed it, then, you know, we can get into some other things. Uh, Rick, I'll start with it. When we when we think it's it's good, you know, we want to format and publish the process. In other words, we want to either, if we aren't the technical writers, send it to your technical writer that you have on staff, if you have one, we create the work instructions. Uh, that, tra- that creates training materials to train the operators. And then the last thing is statistical. Rick, why don't you go over that a little bit? Yeah, Todd, we cannot forget if the training is one of the most important things. You'll pass or fail the process on the training materials. So you want to give training materials that are easy to understand and some sort of balance and check. So, yeah, you can bring a bunch of people into a room and show videos and talk to them, but they have to connect. When you're doing a training session, you make sure that you're connecting one-on-one with the employees, maybe you have a bunch in the room, but make sure you connect with each and every one of them. I can't stress that enough, Todd. That's that's the basics. But you're right. We also need to have some key performance indicators predefined in the scope of the process, of course. And as you build the process, you may find some more. But th- sometimes it's as simple as some temperature and humidity. Sometimes it's more about the performance of of a line or the performance of a a machine it could be the yield of the product that you're going through but figure them out as you build the process and also figure out a data collection process that is simple not human intense very simple it could be electronic it could be captured from a video camera that does some sort of capturing of the wrong area or something like that or some sort of sensor but captured electronically as smooth as possible so that you get clear data every time you know once you get data don't forget you got to review it so you got to have some mechanism in the in your in your key performance indicators that okay if i get to this level I want to do this. If I get to that level, I want to do this. Now, these need to be set. Now, you can run the process for a while in order to determine these levels. But if you don't do any of this level checking, 
then the process just runs and it could be out of the curve or whatever the design is of the process. It's very important that you're actually setting in key performance indicators with a measuring device attached to it, some sort of methodology um, between this target. And if I go above that target, what do I do? I totally agree. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, that's one of the pitfalls that a lot of uh, process builders make the mistake. They, they're real good at uh, gathering data, whether, you know, be any of the means that you said, but then they don't do anything with it. And then that's a pro that, that'll let the process fail because you might run outside of your guard regions or your limitations and nobody knows that that's happening until either you start getting product return or parts don't fit anymore or any of that type of thing. So, you know, what we do, you know, internally, we have online systems where we, you know, we've worked on this a long time where we have barcodes and when we have a certain process done, we'll barcode and put results in there and they're all captured. And then we have automated on-demand type of reports where we can look at anything at any given time. And that's, uh, that's really, really advantageous. So it's something that, you know, not everybody can do. You might not be a big enough operation to, you know, do all these automated type things and barcoding and all that. But like Rick said, we definitely, if you're capturing data, you got to do something with it. Do you have any, uh, I think that's it. Uh, Rick, do you have any closing comments on the world of process building? As I've already highlighted earlier in the, in the podcast, Todd, is don't connect with your employees, connect with your team, have a, a strong team of people, but different mixes, some people who know the process or potential process and some people who don't, you'll build a better overall process and then measure it and set some guidelines in the measurement. Once you document it and you get some training done on it, make sure that you it's easy to flow, simple and easy across the board, and you'll have a process that'll run for years. I totally agree. And uh, with that, uh, we thank you all for attending. Uh, again, you can grab this uh, from our website or uh, on podcast channels that uh, you get your favorite podcast on. This is Todd Gomey again from the Guardian Group, along with Rick Moross, and thank you for attending. And if you have any questions, send us uh, an email to info, info at guardian.com. That's info at G-A-R-D-I-E-N.com or visit our website at www.guardian.com. That's G-A-R-D-I-E-N.com. Till next time, we'll see you again.